0: Got three people down there. The ball's up in the air. Caught touchdown. Caught by Westbrook for a touchdown. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get the buffs with my Colorado sway. Welcome swag. into the DNVR Buffs podcast, podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and there's a lot to news to get to today. Um, I guess, here's the thing. We probably won't get to all of it. Um, Since we last talked on Friday, um, I guess all of it was today, wasn't it? It was all today. Woke up this morning right as news was breaking that uh, the Supreme Court had made a decision in the case that they'd been it's been a long process. It seems like people were talking about it during Pac-12 media days even um asking David Shaw what his thoughts on the matter were. But yeah, I mean it's been it's been kind of dragging on for a while. Um the case basically it 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 doesn't change too much. Basically uh student athletes Now, can the NCAA cannot limit the educational things that the that the universities want to provide? So things like um, you know you still can't like pay players to be there, um, but you if if the NCAA cannot stop um, a school from offering you know postgraduate scholarships um, or internships. Or opportunities like that, and I think maybe even uh, stuff like um, like computers even are probably involved, but but yeah, so so it wasn't like a huge change, but it was a unanimous decision from the Supreme Court, which uh doesn't happen all that often. And uh, some of the justices, particularly Justice Kavanaugh, kind of lit into the NCAA and said, you know, I think one of the lines was if Hollywood said that they didn't want to pay the production team too much because they wanted to continue like the spirit of amateurism. Well, there's no way anybody would let that happen. And so why should the NCAA kind of live by this different set of rules than a bunch of others? And um, wow, we are already deep into this. But I guess here we are. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll get more into that later on. but basically, the the big news is just how it went and not exactly what the result was. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that later on. Um, from there, we learned that CU was going to be at full capacity for sports this year. Um, again, we weren't totally sure about that. It seemed like that was going to be the case at the same time. Boulder County has made some strange decisions in the past, things that didn't quite add up in my mind. And so, uh, you know, just, just to get past that final hurdle is, uh, I guess it's not the final hurdle. There's there's still things like mask requirements to be figured out. Uh, do you not have to wear a mask if you can prove you're vaccinated? Do you have to prove you're vaccinated to get in? That would really surprise me. But, again, the, the, the mask and vaccination details have not been sorted out yet. But what we do know is 100% capacity for all the sports. From there, we learned about the Buffs' basketball schedule. And, uh, we now know the dates for all of the non-conference games. Um, we'll get into some of the bigger picture stuff with that basketball schedule today too. And then maybe get, um, a little more in depth later on. Also, uh, Friday's podcast, there was like an issue with the audio file. Um, so I'm thinking I'm just going to redo that whole thing. Um, and if not today, then one of the next couple days. Friday's podcast, though, is all about Bayfall. Uh, number nine recruit in the country. i gone through a very deep dive and talked to people about it and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, um, we'll be talking more about Bayfall in the next couple of days here. And uh, it, I cannot tell you how much it sucks that that full hour of my thoughts on Bayfall just was corrupted. But uh, here we are. And I'm just going to run through all of those probably not today, but tomorrow sometime sometime coming up um, because I feel like that's kind of a bit of a tease that you guys don't know what I'm going to say. What I'm going to say is I think that Colorado has a real shot at Bayfall and I'm in a couple days. I'll explain why Um worth noting. And the reason I bring this up right now though, is that the Colorado Hawks like the, the AAU team, they just announced that uh Colorado has also offered Asan Diop who is a teammate of Bayfall and um you know it, it might be a, a good bet to say that those two wind up in the same place it might be is what i'll put out there um again i i uh i'm i'm really high on the Bayfall thing and you know when push comes to shove i think it turned, I don't want to ruin this whole conversation. There's obviously reasons to be skeptical that Bayfall, the number nine prospect in the country, uh, in the 2023 class, number one center in the country. Um, there's there's obviously reasons to be skeptical that he's going to go to Boulder, but he's a he's a local athlete who I think has uh, some interest in CU. And, you know, this is the point where Tad Boyle can probably go after guys like that. Um, but yeah, the fact that they just offered us on Diop, I really wish that you would all <laughs> heard that Friday podcast, um, so that I could expand on all my thoughts on the fact that they offered him too, but we'll get into all of that here in a couple days, um, worth following though. And you know, that's kind of how we recover, re- cover recruiting on the podcast is if there's a big storyline, you follow it. If, if Jerry Rice's son is considering going to Colorado, you, you, you cover it um uh, you're in on a guy like a shot Clayton you go all deep in that um obviously a guy like Bayfall fits into those sorts of categories um and also I mean again we got into all this on Friday but Carl Durrell hasn't really gone after those kinds of guys in the in the past you know you you they haven't landed a four-star for example And if they did, you know, we'd follow along with that. But, yeah, uh, point is that we're going to be talking a lot about Bayfall here tomorrow, and it will be the second time through for me. So, yeah, um, stay tuned for that. And that Asan Diop offer is – it's it's big. Um, Real quick before we get into more of what we're talking about today. Crazy, we're seven and a half minutes in, and – have hardly even started this podcast. It's honestly nice, though. There's just so many things going on, so much I have to say. And now I'm, like, double-backed up because that didn't go through. But uh, Colorado XOs, Um, they're a rugby team. They just wrapped up their uh, first season as a rugby team, and they're a feeder team for the U.S. national team, which trains at the same facilities out in Glendale, Colorado. They've got a few players from their first season who had never played rugby before on to major league rugby teams. It's impressive stuff. Obviously, they're playing some high-level rugby and uh, kind of shaping the future of the sport. So, tune into the DNVR Rugby podcast, DNVR Rugby on Twitter, um, and read the written content on the website, too. Okay. Um, what is the most important of the three stories? Probably the – honestly, actually, probably the 100% capacity thing. Um but let's just knock that out quick because there isn't too much that needs to be said. Uh, like I said, they're going to full capacity uh, announced this morning. Um, all the facilities will be full capacity. Like I said, they don't know how exactly like masks and all that will work, but they have been approved for 100% capacity. Um, and really, that's all you need to know. It's Do I have any thoughts about that? No, not really. Uh, the timing isn't really all that strange. This seems like about the time you'd make an announcement like that. Um, The news itself, of course, is not a surprise. Uh, But yeah, I guess there really isn't much else to say Then it's going to be a lot of fun going to those games officially now instead of we just all assumed. That's out of the way. We can move along. Um, Let's get into this basketball schedule and save some of the NIL stuff just because I feel like all the... The, the court case thing, it is so important and it is changing the direction of college sports and all of that. But at the same time, that's the kind of news that we've gotten so far this offseason, not a whole bunch of or a whole bunch of buff specific news. So let's get into that first. Um, like I said, non-conference schedule announced. Uh, we also know of the two conference games that are going to be played before like you the end of conference play i guess um but now we we get to see all of it on a piece of paper um some of the biggest takeaways honestly to me the biggest takeaway of the 11 non-conference games eight of them are going to be played in boulder the other three are going to be played at the paradise jam in uh the u.s virgin islands that's um I mean, it makes sense for a bunch of reasons, and I'd be curious to hear exactly why they're basically only playing home non-conference games. Um, you'd expect, though, for a big piece of it just to be about money. You know, you didn't get to sell tickets last year. Let's sell as many tickets as we can this year, and I think that that's a good strategy. You know, it it, it adds up to me. Um, on top of that, there's probably something to having such a young team and wanting them to get used to playing at home. Um, You know, you're going to be playing a bunch of guys probably who maybe have never even worn a CU uniform. You know, your starting point guard probably has never worn a CU uniform. Um, what, Lawson Lovering is going to be on the team? I think that, you know, obviously he's first time in a CU uniform and he'll probably factor in. And some of those other freshmen will probably factor in too. Now, on top of that, you've got a bunch of guys who have at least worn the uniform but really haven't played all that much. I think letting him play at home. I think that's great. I, I think that you want to build some comfortability there. You want that to feel like it's your home, and you don't do that unless you play a bunch of games there. Um, you know, it, it will hurt you a little bit in terms of the RPI um, or whatever the net, I guess, is what it is now. All the, whatever metric is trying to tell us which teams are better than others, um, because you don't get to factor in, you know. Any result is just a little bit better if it's a road result than if it's a home result. Um, to me, that's hardly even a factor at this point. Um, to me, I think that what you want to do is just win your games and uh, they aren't games that are going to be all that easy to win. And I think if you were to ask me like would you rather play like good opponents on the road? or great opponents at home, I'd say schedule the great opponents for home. Like get yourself on a national TV. Um, and, and that seems to be kind of the strategy that the Buffs rolled with. Um, let's see. So yeah, a lot of home games in here. And on top of that, I think so that, that you have your two early season games, Stanford at home, UCLA on the road. Um, and those are like mid-December. That, that road game at UCLA, that's going to be your only true road game before you start conference play, I'm fine with it, seriously, though. I, 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 it will probably be a little bit of a concern once you get to the beginning of that conference schedule. But again, it's a young team. You're just trying to get them ready to play basketball together in time for conference play. You know, that's what the goal of this non conference schedule is. And you want to win as many games as you can in the process, too, but they're going to have to learn quickly. Um, how to play basketball together. Cause this is more turnover than we've seen from the Buffs in the last couple of years. So we'll see. Um, obviously the, the best games on the schedule, you've got uh, Kansas at home. That's going to be the clear number one. They finished the season ranked 16th in the, in the AP poll, um, like the postseason ranking after the tournament, all that, um, that's going to be a challenge. uh, Definitely gonna be a lot of fun. It's December twenty first. I saw Silver Buffs bring up that it was uh, it um, it's during Christmas break, so you're not gonna have students on campus, which definitely does suck. Like you wish that you had all of them there. At the same time, I, you're not gonna have trouble filling the arena. I don't think, even if the student section's a little bit light. Like I don't know if they can just sell student tickets to other people but and I also don't know if student tickets sell out for those games. I know that for basketball games at Montana, I don't think they ever turned away students at football games you You did have to like claim tickets and stuff um but for basketball games, I don't think so, but at Kansas or for at Colorado, I wonder if some students get turned away um I don't know. I wonder what it'll be like. But again, I'm not gonna be too worried about capacity. I do wish that you would get more casuals there, to be honest. Just because, like the students who are gonna stick around to watch you play Kansas, they're your they're like they're buff fans. They're going to be buff fans for life. The ones who are like, well, I wish I could see it, but I have to go back to see the family. Like those are the ones that you really want to win over. And beating a team like Kansas right in front of their face, that's a that's a way to do it. Um, so yeah, definitely the timing sucks a little bit at the same time. I bet that any team that Kansas wants to play, um, that Kansas is going to play, they also want to play the game when there aren't, uh, when, when, when there's students on campus, you know, it's not like this is a CU only thing. Um, whoever was willing, I mean, whoever they're going to play earlier on. You know, I'm not sure what their schedule looks like. It might just be bums, but they're not just going to go on the road to play a bad team in that time. I don't know. Um, I did have another thought there that just disappeared. It's been kind of a long day. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot going on. Um, Oh, yeah. Um, At the same time, like, it it sucks that you're not going to have students on campus. It's nice that that Kansas game is your last game of non-conference play. Because you have a young team, you know, I guess there's something to like a team like Kansas. Do you want to just jump on them early before they're gelling? Yeah. That's something you say, though, if you're last year's Colorado, more so than if you're this year's Colorado, where you're also going to be putting a lot of work in to try to make things fit. Um, so saving that to be your last game of non-conference play, the 21st. Sure. I'm cool with it. Um the other big game, the other really big game, is obviously Tennessee. Um, it's the kind of the rematch from last year. Now they're playing in Boulder. That's a big game. It's a really big game, um, and I, uh, I hope that that's one that Colorado can win because that's those are kind of the borderline games. Because we can just run through the schedule, I guess. So they start off against Montana State a game that I personally am really excited for because I think they're going to beat Montana State by quite a few points, and I want to be in the gym watching that. Actually, I haven't followed them too closely since I left. I wonder who's on the team because I'm pretty sure there was like a coaching change. Um, Doesn't matter. Point is, uh, Montana State, I'm personally excited. I understand why not many others would be. Um, Although I wonder maybe there's still some like bitterness from when Montana state beat CCU in football. Maybe there's still something that lingers there. I don't know. But, um, from there, um, Oh, and by the way, the date on that game is November 9th. So that'll be the first game of the season. Um, that's a Tuesday from there though, New Mexico, Maine, and then they go to paradise jam. They'll play Southern Illinois. I think if they win that, then they play the winner of Duquesne and Northeastern, And then they play like the other side of the bracket if they win that one on um, the 22nd of November. Uh, From there, uh, they're back at home playing their first conference game versus Stanford on the 28th of November. And then they have that road game against UCLA on the 1st of December. And then from there, you've got to close out conference play or non-conference play, sorry, Tennessee, Eastern Washington, Milwaukee, Cal State, Bakersfield, and then Kansas. So, I mean, there's a pretty clear like warm-up sesh with Montana State, New Mexico, Maine, right off the bat. It's like those are games that you should win, and you're going to be playing probably your worst basketball of the season, just considering how much turnover there is. You gotta survive and go three and zero from there, and then you get to Paradise Jam, and that's a chance to actually kind of prove yourself a little bit in a tournament setting, um, neutral site, again duquesne northeastern i think you feel good about those you definitely feel good about southern illinois um i forget who's on the other side of the bracket but there's a chance to go make a little bit of a run from there though things get real with the stanford ucla games of course and then you hit tennessee right after you play those conference games um that means this is kind of when you need to be good to go you know the the stanford ucla tennessee stretch that's a tough stretch Um, and it's going to, it's going to matter, you know, basketball, there's a lot of games you can get away with losing some, um, honestly, to me, three and O is very much on the table. O and three absolutely is on the table in that stretch too. And if you go, 0 and three in that stretch, you're not, you're not feeling great. You're not feeling great. Um, because those are the kinds of teams that you're trying to beat. You know, if if Colorado's trying to be a Pac-12 champion this year, which I think should still be the goal, even though, you know, maybe their odds were a little bit better last year than they would be this year, just considering you had McKinley Wright and a, a veteran team, experienced team, with some chemistry around him. But, um. Uh, the the talent level I guess is just so much higher this year. It, it's going to be a weird year and that's going to be a telling stretch um for sure. And then after that, you've got that Eastern Washington game, but from there, the Milwaukee game. And this is one that they pointed out in the press release. Uh, Milwaukee landed the number 4 prospect in the country. Um I can't remember his name, but he's 6 foot 10 McT- McDonald's all American um and you know, he's uh as Tad Boyle put it, he's a first-round pick, and that's going to be a challenge. So that'll be that'll be a good one, too, uh, that Milwaukee game. And like I said, Cal State-Bakersfield, and you end things out against Kansas. And if you can beat Kansas there, then, you know, if, if you go 0-3 in that earlier stretch, a Kansas win makes you feel a lot better. You know, that's where you say, okay, we're all good. That stretch doesn't even matter. Um, but, you know, if you go 0-3 there, you lose that Kansas game you're reeling a little bit. You're questioning just what you are as a basketball team as you go into league play, uh, which isn't where you want to be. Um, but that's the schedule. And, again, the standout games, Kansas, Tennessee, those are those are big ones. Those are really big ones. Um, big takeaway, though, p- spending a lot of time in Boulder, which is good, I think, especially because you wonder – you know, in the NBA, they, they talk all about like, oh, the COVID season threw everything off. There's every, everybody's bodies worn out, all this. Like they had more all-stars miss a playoff game in the first round than had ever happened in the playoffs before. And you wonder what's going to happen with college sports too, Um, whether there's some sort of fatigue factor. And if there are some of those outside forces that are kind of factoring in, it's going to be good to be playing at home. Definitely gonna be good to be playing at home. Okay, um, we'll get into some of that uh, court case stuff here after a quick break, um, and we're gonna start by reminding you guys if you want to become a member of DMVR, there's plenty of cool deals, free shirt, all that kind of stuff, uh, access to all of like the written content, uh, big beer sizes, small beer at the DMVR bar, all sorts of that kind of stuff. So, uh, definitely check that out if you're interested. Also, um, want to tell you guys about Brackenridge Brewery. Um, the seltzers are so good. The seltzers are so good. Um, I think I get the normal seltzers over the lemonade seltzers. It's tough, though. It's tough, though. Um, I really like like the strawberry and blueberry lemonade. We've talked about this before. The lemonade seltzer is a little bit sour, which I guess is what you bargain for when you get the lemonade ones. But again, like I, if you're just like gonna sip on a seltzer or two, um, then yeah, they're great. If there's a chance that maybe you're going to be drinking a large quantity. They're going to be easier to put down if they're the, the normal ones. And so that's my input on all those. But seriously, you really can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with the beers either. Um, you can't go wrong going down to the farmhouse and checking that out. Uh, so much cool stuff going on at Breckenridge Brewery. Make sure if you're interested in trying other products uh, that you uh, use the beer locator on their website. It'll tell you exactly where you can go to pick up whatever it is that you're trying to pick up. Also, um... There it is. Oh wait. What is was today? Oh, today is the 21st. Oh, no. Well, here's here's what we can do. Um DraftKings Sportsbook is incredible. Uh I had a lot of fun this weekend. I didn't wind up making money. Um I uh I had Louis Oosthuizen. I got him 33 to 1 before the tournament. And I had him and Shoffley and then Rory too. Um and then obviously Louis didn't wind up winning, but when I had put a bet in and that was it, like I said, 33 to one odds on Sunday when he's leading by two shots with like four holes. It was more than that to go when he had the two shot lead, but uh, he was right in it. It was a lot of fun. And again, you know, I'm not going to tell you what I put on it, but if I had put 10 bucks on it, then it would be a $340 payout. And when you're sitting there watching golf and you have money on the line, whew, It, uh, it can be a lot of fun and that's just true of all sports. It just makes it more fun. It just, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Like it's like sports, but on steroids because you care always, but you really, really care when you have more on the line, I guess. Um, but yeah, DraftKings Sportsbook, it's the best place to go. It's the top rated sportsbook. Um, they do all sorts of cool stuff. Like John Rahm, who won yesterday, he should have won the memorial a couple of weeks ago. Um, he had a six shot league going in the last day, tested positive for COVID, couldn't compete the last day, and uh, obviously can't win if you don't play the whole tournament. Well, DraftKings Sportsbook gave payouts to everybody who bet on John Rahm. Um, Whether you have him winning the tournament, whether you had him finishing in the top 20, um, whether you had him to out or to beat some other guy, all those bets paid. And that's why we choose DraftKings Sportsbook. They really take care of you because they understand that if they take care of you, then I get to go on this podcast and say, look, they take care of you. And it's just this nice cycle of them doing right by their customers and getting more customers because of it. Um so yeah, great, great place to do your betting. Um, and I believe that there's still a uh pick a basketball team to win its next game, one dollar into a hundred dollars for new users. But technically, like the what they gave me ended yesterday. It was like for all of last week, and I haven't gotten today's yet. Um, maybe because Lindsay got married and they're leaving for Belize today. But um yeah. Uh DraftKings Sportsbook, can't go wrong. Also, uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, Going to wrap things up today talking a little bit about this court case. So like I said, it wasn't a court case that could really change a lot of things. I guess it technically could have if the court wanted to, but um, what was brought to them was just a pretty narrow. um, You know, it's like I said, uh, now that the Supreme Court has made its ruling, the NCAA cannot stop schools from providing as many educational benefits as schools want. Now, that obviously, like, there will be regulations and rules put in place to make sure that. They aren't using that to just straight up cheat, you know. You can't say like, "Well, you want to want a hundred laptops? Like you're you're worth a hundred laptops. Let me just give you a hundred laptops and uh, use them for educational purposes." But that's on you. It's an educational tool. Like again, that that kind of stuff isn't going to happen. But saying, "Hey, we can give you um, a, a scholarship to graduate school when you're done," is that something you're interested in, or? we we can give you an internship a paid internship wherever um so so a lot of that kind of stuff um is now possible um again what does that really change not all that much but when you look at um how it happened again this was not a uh a close decision it was a unanimous decision nine zip in favor of the plaintiff dude some of these court words I just cannot be confident in um but yeah I mean there's there's stuff in there let's see I'm trying to find this uh this one from Kavanaugh so it was um oh I can't remember who it was was it like Gorsuch who uh Who writ like the main opinion and then um Kavanaugh wrote an opinion as well. But here's some of what Brett Kavanaugh had to say. Um In my view, that argument is circular and unpersuasive. The NCAA coaches its arguments couches its arguments for not paying student athletes and innocuous labels but the labels cannot disguise the reality. The NCA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. All of the restaurants in a region cannot come together to cut cooks' wages on the theory that customers prefer to eat food from low-paid cooks. Law firms cannot conspire to cabin lawyer salaries in the name of providing legal services out of a love for the law. Hospitals cannot agree to cap nurses' income in order to create a... Pure form of helping the sick news organizations cannot join forces to curtail pay to reporters to preserve a tradition of public-minded journalism movie studios cannot collude to slash benefits to camera crews to kindle a spirit of amateurism in hollywood price fixing is price of price fixing labor is price fixing labor and price fixing labor is ordinarily a textbook antitrust problem Because it extinguishes the free market in which individuals can otherwise obtain fair compensation for their work. Not going to lie, the reason my brain is kind of fried today is because I read not all of the documents, but a lot of what was in there. And they both both of those two made it very clear kind of where they stand that, you know, the NCAA can't just keep throwing the word amateurism around without saying what amateurism is and like being allowed to argue about it. And it's kind of weird to see these sorts of things show up in front of the Supreme court. Um, because it's, it's kind of the stuff that you see like on Reddit or on Twitter with people just like arguing about all this and saying, well, it's about amateur sports. You know, the NCAA, the reason we love college sports is because it's amateurs. We can't let them get paid. And, and it's kind of the same arguments the NCAA is making But in front of the Supreme Court, to which the Supreme Court just says, well, that's not how this works. (laughs) Like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works at all. And again, this was a very narrow case. Not much gets changed. But when you see something like 9-0 to and read the types of things that they had to write about this case, it makes you wonder what would happen if somebody did, you know, basically sue for the right to be paid by the the school that they play football for. Um, and, and I don't know that they would necessarily win. Um, and the way that that would have to work, you know, all the appeals that have to go through to even get to the Supreme Court, all that kind of stuff. But if somehow that sort of argument did come before the Supreme Court, I do think that you have in Brett Kavanaugh, somebody who'd say, yeah, you guys deserve to be paid. That is... Um, you have proven your worth, and this is a system that is monopolizing all of college sports. And because of that, they have to abide by antitrust laws. Like I, I'm curious what would happen because again, like I think Brett Kavanaugh made it very clear where he stands. I think that you can read the it's Gorsuch, I think, is his name, um, who wrote the primary one. Um, And it wasn't quite as harsh, but it was still pretty clear what he thought. And he brought up the amateurism thing. He said, you know, you just keep using the word amateurism without even defining it or like explaining why it has any sort of value. You know, you can't just say that without amateurism, there would be nothing between this and the NFL. That's what makes us special. That's why we exist is because of this. And, turns out that the Supreme court was pretty clear saying like, well, we don't really care. Um, so again, I, I do think that somewhere in there they did say like for larger issues to be changed, it should go through, um, like Congress and not through the courts. Um, but you know, there, there might be a little bit of a window there. Um, it's, it's like, it's a landmark decision for sure. Even though it, it doesn't really change all that much, and, and that's what's so interesting about it. But just to get a read on how the Supreme Court views the NCAA and what's happening there, I mean, they've made it again clear that they think that it's illegal for you somebody to and, and the reason it is illegal, I guess we should make this clear. So it, say say you're a 19 year old who wants to play football what are your options? Your option is college football. Like you, you could maybe try to make an argument. You could go to Canada and play. I, I wonder if the Supreme court would even care since that's in Canada, because it's, it would still be a monopoly in the United States, but like to further your career, that is your only option. You can't go to the NFL unless you've been out of high school for three years. So your only option is that. And what does the NCAA do? The NCAA says we, we, We will not let you get paid. You can get scholarships. Um, But again, there's a bunch of evidence that the scholarship is not the market value for a good college football player. And there's a bunch of ways to go about that. You know, I mean, I think... uh, So there's 85 scholarships that each school gets to give out each year to football players. And do you ever see one of those 85 scholarships go unused. Maybe in the group of five level, because I haven't really followed it, but at the power five level, no. You use every single one of those scholarships, and I'd guess that's true at the G5 level too. Um, You just do not ever, ever, ever see one of those go to waste. And at the same time, the difference between the 85th best player on your roster, your 85th scholarship, and your number one, I don't think anybody would say that the value of those two athletes is the same. And at the same time, you will, there will always, always, always be somebody who you are willing to give your eighty-fifth scholarship to. You know, if you wind up in a situation where you're sitting on eighty-four going into the season, you still say, you know, whatever we want to call that, it's worth fifty thousand dollars a year, hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever number we want to use. Well, you will always have somebody who you are willing to give that 50 or a hundred thousand dollars to and that and that person is making the exact same amount as the number one there's so many different ways you can kind of just see that players are not getting their fair market value you know there's like the big study that, that found like five six seven years ago something like that that the Texas Longhorns, the average football player. I think maybe it was even average scholarship player. I can't remember, but on average market value was $622,000. And on top of all those, like you can also just like another argument is, well, look, people are already paying players. We all know that people are paying players. Like we, we can, I'm willing to assume that Alabama is giving money under the table to whoever's going there. And if that's true, then obviously the market value is above the scholarship because they're getting more than a scholarship. And if you can get it, then that's your market value. Um, and so, again, the NCAA saying, no, you can't do this, that is where this issue kind of lies. And legally, you, I don't see how they could defend it. And because, like, the history of the game, all that kind of stuff, like, yeah, that's why the NCAA doesn't want to give scholarships. And that's not even true. The reason they don't want to allow paying players is because the NCAA, which is made up of all of the member institutions of the NCAA, they are the ones who would have to foot that bill and they don't want to do that. And do we blame them for not wanting to do that? No, of course not who would, but we also see what's fair. And the reason why it doesn't really matter what's fair is because there's no, there's no representation of student athletes. And, and, again, there's there's committees that the Pac-12 has will have student-athletes come and be involved and be a part of that committee and get the student-athlete voice. But, again, that's not – it's not the same as having a union, you know. And, and if there was a union, then I think that things would have changed a long time ago um, because that's where, you know, there's just no power in having a thousand of you who are just all individuals. Um, there's no threat of anything. You know, if if – Say even Nate Landman goes into CU's office and says, Hey, I'm not I'm not paying, I'm not playing unless I get a salary. Well, what's CU gonna do? They're gonna be like, Well, okay. <laughs> Nothing we can do about that. Goodbye. And then that's it. And whereas, you know, in MLB, in the NFL, you get like full on labor strikes. And then when everybody's saying, No, we're not gonna do this, you just don't have any players now then you have to negotiate, you know? So there's obviously a lot going on, but that was, uh that was big. That was really big. And um I think those are all my thoughts about that. I mean, to be honest, like, do I think players should be paid? Like, I don't know. I think the NIL is a good start, right? Like, let them, let them go make some money. You know, it, it, here's... Here's a decent argument, I guess. so you look at uh, you look at band students, you know and you know band students, what do they do? Well, it part of part of the reason they get their scholarship is because they're playing in bands. you know I actually got offered a scholarship to play in the marching band and I was like, yeah, I'm just just not that interested in doing that. but yeah, like you get scholarship and it could be to play in the band. to to play the marching band or like jazz bands or orchestra or whatever. But, but you don't get paid for those things. What you can do though, is go and join whatever punk emo band and play at bars and get whatever cash you can get. And if you make it big, you make all that money too. Um, Or you can join like whatever the, the symphony and play for them and make some money doing that. Or, you know, there's, there's so many different ways you can make money, but you know, when it comes to, Doing what you're there to do for the school, you know, providing for them what they provide for you, you know, that's separate. And so I guess that might be the argument against paying players. It would also be an argument for the name image likeness situation changing because right now, if you're a soccer player and you want to go coach a soccer camp in the offseason, well, you can't get paid to do it. And it's like, well, no, that that shouldn't be true either, you know. And so I do think that the NIL is a good step into uh like it's toward fixing the problem and it might just fix the problem at the same time though you have to think that Bama is still going to be giving cash under the table. And in doing that, proving that the market value is higher than what they're given from the school. And if you're not getting what you're worth, then that's, not how America works, you know? Like, that's just not how it works. Um So, who knows on all that stuff? Who knows on all that stuff? Um But today was definitely a bit of a turning point, I think. Um, just because you've never seen the Supreme Court of the United States say pretty blatantly, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know this isn't what we're doing today, but take a look in the mirror and, and compare what you see there with the laws. Because this isn't just, like, We're going to fight about it on Twitter. We're going to argue it. We're going to throw out a press release that says this. Like, no, you need to have an argument that holds up to the Supreme Court. Not just like a letter to the general public that says amateurism is the key to all college athletics. Anything that puts amateurism in danger is something that we will not stand for. And that's just the way it is. And then all of a sudden, everybody else just fights about it. No, you had to go to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court just said... Whoa whoa, 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 what are you saying? You're just throwing the word amateurism out there and you don't think over the course of the 10-day trial you should probably, like, try to define what that is or, like, what it means and, what, like, yeah. So, I don't know. It is just kind of funny. It makes you wonder if more things just went to the Supreme Court and then you didn't have to deal with people talking about them or entities talking about them or whatever. But then... Who has faith in the Supreme Court? You know, that's like even a question right now, which we don't need to go all the way down there. But yeah, I mean, you, you all know. You're plugged in. But uh, I think that's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow. I think tomorrow we're going to go through all that Bay Fall stuff again. I, I need to even look at what my notes were like because I don't even remember from Friday whether I took, like, good notes or if I just read all that and watched all that and talked to those people. and then. But yeah. Big Bay fall day tomorrow, I think is the plan, and that'll be fun. And uh, now we have uh, some of that news about Asan Diop, his buddy. Um, so we'll stay tuned into that too. Uh, thanks as always for listening. We'll see you guys tomorrow.